I'd like to begin by uh, apologizing to the author of the book I'm going to be discussing for probably mispronouncing both his first and last names. So having done that, this title of this podcast is on Atlas Soviks, Soviks, A Basic Theory of Everything. As the author of the book, Toward a Philosophical Theory of Everything, which I henceforth refer to by its acronym, HAPTO, I was, of course, interested in Suvik's apparent claim to have achieved what I, in my book, along with Lawrence Puntel's two books, Structure and Being and Being in God, was only moving toward. Sad to say, I found Suvik's book deeply disappointing. Hapto, like Puntel's two books, Structure and Being and Being in God, is devoted to the Structural Systematic Philosophy, the SSP, which aims to present and to rely on the best currently available theoretical framework for a systematic philosophy. See Tapto Chapter 2. It also explains in significant detail how a different theoretical framework could establish its superiority to that of the SSP. See Structure and Being, Session 6.4. It is therefore disappointing, particularly given how often Suvik's book cites particularly Structure and Being, that Suvik's book does not explain why it takes its theory or its theoretical framework to be superior to those presented in the works devoted to the SSP. One reasonable starting point is with Suvik's book's subtitle, A Fundamental Theoretical Framework for Science and Philosophy. This is reminiscent of the subtitle of Structure and Being, that is, a theoretical framework for a systematic philosophy. Suvik's right, writes, page 33, note 13, quote, I use Puntel's understanding of theoretical framework, end quote. He also suggests, page 33, note 14, quote, see also the helpful description of the same understanding of theoretical frameworks in A. White 2014, that is, Tapto, pages 24 to 49, which should be 24 to 39. Yet Suvik does not, in fact, use this understanding of theoretical frameworks, in part because, according to the SSP, one essential component of every theoretical framework is its subject matter, or, technically, its universal discourse. Both perplexingly and revealingly, Suvik's book never uses the phrase universal discourse and uses subject matter only once, page 33, quoting structure and being. The SSP's universal discourse is unrestricted. All sciences save systematic philosophy have restricted universes of discourse. See Tapto Chapter 1. Hence, for example, biology and physics have different theoretical frameworks, although with some common elements, because they have different subject matters. Physics studies quarks, but not rabbits, whereas the reverse is the case for biology. Also, as indicated just above, the SSP classifies itself as a science. Suvik's book's subtitle appears to separate philosophy from science, although I have found no explanation in the book for, of just what Suvik takes either science or philosophy to be. For what it is according to the SSP, see Tapto Chapter 1, or the podcast, What is Philosophy, available wherever you found this podcast. According to the SSP, there can be no one theoretical framework for philosophy and for all the sciences because they have distinct universes of discourse. I turn next to the final section of Suvik's book, titled, Why Is There Anything at All? The SSP's answer to this question, in a very small nutshell, is that absolute non-being is impossible. Because it is, being must have an absolutely necessary as well as a contingent dimension. See Tapto Chapter 8. Suvik's book makes no mention of this answer, although it briefly considers a part of its argumentation on page 98, and Suvik considers it in some more, more detail in his 2018 article, 
is it even possible that there could have been nothing? Suvik says instead, quote, I offer as a fundamental explanation of the world the necessarily circular hypothesis that the fundamental explanation of everything, where the world comes from, is the power of beginning to exist. Left unaddressed is the question what the ontological status of this power could be, given that it could not exist. There could also not exist anything else that would have this power. So the fatal problem with the book's thesis is one of unintelligibility, not one of circularity. Suvik's book cannot adequately address the question raised in the title of its final section because it utterly lacks a theory of being. On that topic, it says, page 95, the excuse me, the following. When discussing existence, Lawrence Puntel distinguishes between beings which exist and being with capital B is that which all beings have in common. Concerning capital being, he distinguishes between capital being as such and capital being as a whole. For capital being as a whole includes beings said to exist, and capital being as such is capital being considered without beings. Puntel, 2008, pages 417 to 418. Here, a note in passing, Suvik's book misquotes structure and being. Puntel, 2008, being and God uses the term capital being, but structure and being does not except when quoting English translations of works by Heidegger. The difference in this respect between structure and being and being in God reflects extended discussions between me and Lawrence Puntel concerning the articulation of being. Chap Capto chapter 8 speaks of beers comparable to teachers, swimmers, philosophers, and so forth, and being, as does the article Rearticulating be re Being. Also, according to the SSP, not all beings exist. Mathematical structures, for example, are, thus are situated within being, but, does not, but do not exist and God does not exist. So much for this digression. I return to quoting from Suvik, page 95. Since the term being slash capital being can be quite confusing in English, I shall use the term existence as such when I speak of that which all existing, existing things have in common. That is equal to capital being, in Puntel's usage, considered without beings. End quotation. This is deeply misleading because in the SSP, capital being is not, most importantly, that which all things have in common. Again, see chap Capto Chapter 8. The SSP argues that it comes to make sense to use the term God to designate being, or in being and God, capital being. The SSP is thus explicitly theistic. Suvik's book, on the other hand, is noncommittal about the status of God. At least five times, it uses formulations such as, if God exists, then, and if God does not exist, then. How a theory that is non-committal on this centrally important issue could be a complete theory of everything, basic or not, and the book never explains the qualifier basic, how it, it could present a theory of everything that was superior to that being developed with the SSP is wholly unclear to me. Another issue on which the SSP takes a definitive position, and Suvik's book does not, is beauty. According to the SSP, see Capto Chapter 7, Beauty is, in one terminology, obje objective. It is not merely in the eye of the beholder. Suvik's book says it only in a footnote, page 408, note 282, emphasis added, quote, I do not have a philosophy of aesthetics. I just assume that evaluating something as beautiful is something that individuals do in different ways for different reasons without there being anything objectively beautiful. I emphasize that last phrase, end quote. 
As with the topic God, because Suvik's book says nothing about the position taken in the SSP, it cannot argue that its own position is superior. I take what I have already said to be sufficient to establish that Suvik's book does not show its theory or its theoretical framework to be superior to the SSP's theoretical framework or to the theory that is, at best, the best available concretization of that framework. But I think there is more that may fruitfully be said. Both structure and being and tapto, and to a lesser extent being and God, explain theoretical frameworks in significant detail, most concisely in Tapto's chapter 2. Suvik's book has no such explanation, although, as indicated earlier, it takes itself to follow the SSP's understanding. Yet, as has already been indicated, it uses the phrase in ways that diverge widely, indeed unintelligibly, from the SSP's usage. It is worth considering a few examples. A second passage about theoretical frameworks that is utterly inconsistent with what the SSP says about them is the following from page one, quote, a theoretical framework does not have to be words and sentences. Just relating images in our mind to each other without words is, in a broad sense, a theoretical framework, and in the deepest sense, what it means to understand something, to relate to it to something else, end quote. According to the SSP, relating images in our mind to each other requires an at least vaguely determinable theoretical framework, but would not itself constitute a theoretical framework. Also, according to Suvik's book, page 10, quote, modality is a theoretical framework, end quote. Again, this usage is unintelligible given how theoretical frameworks are understood within the SSP. For one thing, modalities can be components of theoretical frameworks that differ enormously in other respects. Similarly, page 12, quote, categorizing something as causes and effects is a theoretical framework, end quote. Causes and effects, like probabilities, can be components of various theoretical frameworks, as, for example, our everyday frameworks and the framework of the SSP. See Tapto Chapter 2. Suvik's book also, page 18, presents, quote, the theory of relativity and explains why it is a useful theoretical framework in physics, end quote. According to the SSP, the theory of relativity is indeed a theory and as such must be situated within some theoretical framework or other, and it appears to be situated within several distinct ones by contemporary physicists, but it is not itself a theoretical framework. Suvik's book nowhere explains how it could be both a theory and a theoretical framework. Many additional examples of uses of theoretical framework that are both unclear in themselves and inconsistent with the SSP's understanding of theoretical framework could be introduced, but I see no point in introducing any more. Another way Suvik's book differs from the SSP without noting the SSP's position, and hence without defending its own position as superior, concerns the mind. According to the SSP, thanks to our mentality, we are intentionally coextensive with being as such and as a whole. When I am conscious of a proposition identical to a fact, see Tapto Chapter 3, I have, so to speak, absorbed that fact. One way of further explaining this is to understand the mind as a field that always has some value or other everywhere within being as such and as a whole. Whenever I think about Alpha Centauri, my mental field has a value higher than zero at Alpha Centauri. Whenever I think about the fact that 2 plus 2 equals 4, my mental field has a value higher than zero at that fact's location within the absolutely necessary dimension of being. According to Suvik's book, on the other hand, I am, as it were, trapped within my mind, which appears to be trapped within my head, page 130. My brain, or more explicitly my neurons, somehow use sensory information to make representations, and my mind somehow has access to those representations. 
Hence, rather than experiencing the chair that I see and sit on, I experience only physically constructed representations of the chair, thanks to visual and tactual sensations, and then whatever my brain does with those sensations. I conclude that the theory and or theoretical framework presented in Suvik's book falls, fail, falls to the internal critique sketched above, and hence neither the theory nor the theoretical framework are viable, no matter how they may compare to those of the SSP. In the absence of any arguments against the SSP's claim to be the best currently available systematic philosophy, that claim stands. If you have questions, comments, or would like to discuss this further, please email me at awhite at williams.edu. Thank you.